Welcome to San Diego News Fix, the backstory, where we tackle important questions about journalism ethics and give you a behind the scenes look at our industry and our newsroom. I'm Luis Cruz. The San Diego County Registrar projects voter turnout of 60% for this election. Final results in some close races may not be known for several days. Joining us now to talk about this election are Union Tribune watchdog and government editor Sam Schultz, political columnist Michael Smolens, and we begin with managing editor Laura Sacalo. Laura? Thank you, Luis. And thank you, Michael and Sam, for being here in the midst of an exceptionally busy and exhausting week with a lot of work left uh, ahead of us. And I thought maybe we should just start, you know, you both joined us last week to talk about preparations for election day and election night. I thought maybe we should just start with how did it go? How, how did election day go? And how uh, was election night? Any surprises for you? Anything that stand out? I, th- I think uh, from my perspective, it went uh, it went very well. And I think to your point, you know, um, that that preparation was key, uh, especially um, when roping in, uh, you know, dozens of folks around the newsroom to, um, you know, to be covering all of these races within the span of, you know, often just 45 minutes or so or less uh, for them to be filing stories on based on early results. Um, and of course, that's that's just the beginning. The uh a lot of the real fun is happening uh, over the subsequent days and maybe week until we know those full results. But right, I guess I I should say it's not really just election night; it's it's election week or weeks that uh, we both prepare for and uh, work on. Uh, Michael, how about you? Were there well? well I, I, that I think that uh, you know we all prepare and and get uh, you know our material ready, but. As we've learned, and uh, certainly I learned that that we need to be flexible, certainly on deadline and and on the multiple deadlines, because things do change. Um, you know, this isn't just about the vote counts as we see, you know, sort of coming back and forth in some of the the local races and nationwide races. But I mean, just in my personal exper- experience on election night, I mean, I was writing a larger column about the direction of the congressional races and. You know, we all went in with the sort of uh, perspective that it's a mid-year election and that the party out of power generally does well. Uh, There were some bold predictions that the Republicans would do very well. And now, as we know now, we don't know what the ultimate result is going to be, but it wasn't a huge win for them. They're probably going to take over the House. But it forced me to reshape my column from the initial column that uh, I wrote, as you know, Laura, because you're my editor. And, um, you know, I, I think it ultimately worked out. But uh, you, you also learn every time how much you have to be careful about making assumptions, uh, you know, based on the background from the campaign and things like that, because uh, it is uh, peculiar in that, you know, the, the, it almost certainly looks like the Democrats are going to lose the majority in the House, but probably have a pretty small margin. Uh, the Senate's still up in the air, but it, it's sort of remarkable that it's the Democrats who are like the celebratory uh, party even though, you know, they, they did take a, a hit, but it just was so much smaller than expected. The Republicans are really sort of the ones doing all the finger pointing now. So uh, that was something I don't think a lot of us expected. And uh, fortunately, um, you know, hopefully we were quick enough on our feet to, to adjust to that. Yeah. Well, and I think that raises an interesting, you know, question. Were there other races or issues where either of you either were surprised by what 
you know, happened on election night or, or things that seem to kind of buck a trend, maybe. One thing that I was, I, I wouldn't say surprised necessarily, and it's not race specific, but one thing that we had been somewhat preparing for the possibility of were, was, um, was a lot of interest in and possible accusations surrounding election results and polling processes. And, you know, we've seen what some of what happened in other states with, you know, uh, confrontations at the polls or um, uh, or poll monitors um, that didn't really pan out here. Um, things were pretty quiet uh, on election night and uh, it seemed like everything went pretty smoothly. There were not um, there did not seem to be a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of, um, you know, observing at uh, at the registrar of voters office during the counting or anything. Yeah, I think that that sort of even in the national aspect, uh, and we're not out of the woods yet, but the the there haven't been quite the level of confrontations I think as people had expected. There were some, as as Sam pointed out. Um, you know, uh, the threat of violence has been hanging over politics over the last couple of years, and you know, knock on wood, it seemed to be pretty calm on that front. Um, you know, at least on election day. But we have to remember the the real sort of violence and insurrection in 2020 happened, um, you know, more than a month after the election, two months, actually, I think, um, you know, in, in January of 2021. So, uh, you know, there's some good signs there. But just while we're talking about sort of surprise things, just in terms of results, I don't know if that it was a surprise so much, but certainly an interesting one. Uh, actually, it's a city's measure, measure C, which would have lifted the height limit. On the, at the Midway District. And um, as we know, it passed by, I believe, 13 points in uh, 2020, November 2020, uh, identical pretty much measure. Um, right now, it's neck and neck. I can't remember if it's losing or not, but it's it's definitely a toss up. It's so close. And uh, the uh, vote counting in the future will determine whether that passes or not. And it just goes to show that, you know, even something that seems so popular Circumstances change. It's a different electorate, a uh, midterm election, a smaller turnout, uh, perhaps more Republican, as is usually the, the rule of thumb is. Uh, and this, you know, is a different, even though it's the height limit issue is the same, the, the developer is different. And as we know, there were a lot of controversial issues. So suddenly this thing that probably should have been a slam dunk um, wasn't. And uh, it still made pass. But so that I found you know, not so much surprising because of what we had been covering, but uh, interesting. Yeah, agreed. And I think also, uh, speaking of city measures, one thing I thought was interesting was that I think we we sort of expected that Measure B would, uh, which would um, which would repeal the uh, the city's um, providing of uh, of no feed trash pickup for single family homes. But um, since uh, other homes don't receive it already, that that also seems neck and neck. Um, and that was a race, though, in which there was not a whole lot of uh, there was not a whole lot of campaigning um, compared to, say, Measure D, which looks safe, at least, you know, in the very early results, looked significantly ahead. And there was a lot of campaigning on both sides in, uh, in that race over Measure D, which would um, repeal the uh, the city's ban on project labor agreements. So that was interesting to me. Well, and as you mentioned, both Measure B and Measure C are, you know, ne neck and neck. And here we are a couple of days out. The counting is continuing. And we've got several very tight races locally. I, I'm wondering how we 
cover those in this interim period, how we think about our, our coverage while the votes are still being counted and the outcome isn't clear. It's it's not like in a primary in which the way we cover it might ultimately have some effect on the outcome in a general election. But there are still some important journalistic questions there about our, our coverage. How do you how do you think about that? Well, I think one thing that um, one thing that, you know, has, I, I think, been kind of logistically important uh, over the last couple of days uh, for for us is thinking about how we update print readers versus digital readers uh, of our of our coverage about what the latest is in a race. For instance, we may have had uh, stories go into the paper on Wednesday based on results from, you know, 9 p.m. Tuesday. And then at 1 a.m. on on Wednesday, we get uh, we get another batch of results such that we're able to update a story for people who are reading us in real time on the web. But uh, you know, we're 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 keeping print readers updated separately with uh, with a follow up the next day. Um, so that's that's one thing we're doing. Also, of course, on online, we are uh, hosting live um, live results within all of the stories on these races. So you can you can see in real time what what's the latest that we're getting from uh, from the county or from the state, depending on the race. Um, but uh, so those are. Those are one thing that we've been keeping an eye on over the last uh, couple of days. But I think longer term, you know, a lot of what went went even until we know what the uh, what the outcome of some of these races is going to be. What's really going to matter the most is well, what what does this what does this mean for for San Diegans? So say whether or not Measure B succeeds, what happens next? Um, and what will this mean potentially for your trash bills or for what will be on the ballot in 2024? And that's a lot of what we're looking at next. Well, and on that, Sam, that's a very good point because you mentioned Measure B, the, the trash thing. And, you know, it is structured in a way where it repeals this century old ordinance and allows the city council to, uh, you know, levy a, a trash fee on single family homes. This measure doesn't do that directly. And so what may be interesting, let's say for the sake of argument that it ultimately passes, but the way it's looking, if it does, it's going to be a, by a very narrow margin. Is that down the line when the council starts looking at a fee, is are some members going to be a little you know, more reticent to, to put a fee on because it was so close rather than if it had a double digit uh, you know, victory that might seem more like a mandate? Because that that you know fee is something that the council would do. It wouldn't necessarily go to voters. Although I'm sure we can guarantee that there would be a, a referendum to try to repeal any fee if the council does that. But having said that, my point being is that, you know, maybe in this case, a close election, uh, if Measure B passes, might indeed affect how they're viewing the, the putting a fee on people, a trash fee on people and how much of a trash fee. Well, one other thing, just sort of while I'm on it, and it's a it's a different topic, but you mentioned in terms of covering the updates and how the difficulty, frankly, it was in terms of election night, you know, we went into Wednesday's paper with basically the the, the first, uh, uh, you know, results, the early results at, from that were released at nine, and then later or earlier in the Wednesday morning, there more came from online. I think at least now one benefit is usually the, the releases are pretty uniform in the late afternoon, early evening, 
So for the entire next day, our, our readers will get, you know, sort of the same information, um, you know, that, that that's uniform other than like, a, you know, when people wake up on, on Wednesday morning, people reading online get a lot different information than they get in the paper. At least here, I think it will be uniform. Now, having said that, uh, you know, t this evening or this afternoon, certainly we'll put our updated stuff right online, but it won't be that long of a lag before the, the print readers get it. Yeah, that's a great point. And then there's also, you know, I think as as our reporters and and as readers, I'm sure, have seen in um, the last couple of days, as the votes continue to be counted in some of these close races, you know, often often folks on both sides of those campaigns will have hope that, well, we have reason to think that the votes will swing our way because we expect more of X type of vote um, to be to be coming in late. And those are all those those that may be true, um, but we we just don't know at this point. Likewise, for some of these races where we're relying on um, on results coming in from multiple counties, those aren't necessarily going to be on the same schedule as the ones coming in from San Diego County. So, you know, it, it's we're I guess the long story short, we're not really going to know for a while in some of these very close races. And there's only so much that you can read into uh, right. to some of um some of the day by day. Right. And I, I think that's an excellent point. And, and part of our responsibility in our reporting, you know, we were talking uh, earlier about the, the issues, you know, the 49th congressional district is one of those close races that also crosses county lines. And Sam, you were mentioning that, you know, our line of sight to the county registrar's schedule of when they're releasing updates is pretty clear. Our line of sight to Orange County's scheduled releases is less clear. So things could look a little odd if you know, there is a, a next release in San Diego, but but not in Orange County or vice versa. I'm curious. Um, I think uh, so. My sense um, is that but I'm curious what yours what both of yours is, because you've you've both been much more deeply involved in elections coverage here in San Diego County for longer um, than I have. Uh, it, how how well familiar do you get the sense readers are with and San Diegans in general are with the necessity of that sort of patience and that we don't know anymore on election night who who won? I mean, that's been the, that's been the case, obviously, for for quite a while now, but um, I, you know, I'm I'm curious, like how? Well, I, you know, I, this sort of gets into the the election denier or election suspicion aspect. But the reality is, we've had for decades, I think. You know, there are occasional races that go days without. You know, they're so close, and then there's a recount. So it always surprised me when people say, you know, we have to know on election night. Well, we know a lot on election night. Granted, uh, you know, things are spread out now. So in some respects, we, we, we know less in terms of who may won and stuff like that. But it, it you know, it, it, it does surprise me that, that people kind of ex have that expectation because it's, it's not a new phenomenon, uh, although it's more common across many races, whereas before, you know, there was that given assembly or, or congressional race that really sort of did go into to, to overtime. I mean, 
you know, the reality of it is they're not official until like a, a month after the election when the, 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 the vote is certified. Although, you know, the unofficial results usually tell the story at some point and somebody, if they're behaving, concedes or, and, and declares victory um, once it's, it's clear who has won and who has lost. That's true. And I'm sure we all know folks who are dropping their ballot in the mail or at a or at a vote center day of and, you know, right. So so no, no, quite well that uh, that those are not being miraculously counted immediately. Right. As long but, as they're postmarked, as, as right. we said last week. And and I, I was going to echo what Michael said, but I think it it has always been the case where there have been those select races that people understand are, are going to take days or weeks to to have a final result. But I think the experience over the last several election cycles has been more and more races fall into that category. And, and a lot of that has to do with the, you know, the, just the, the, the growth of the use of the, the mail ballot, which, you know, frankly, in large part is a good thing in my, in my view. But, you know, sort of getting back on the expectations as the, the uh, daily releases come out in terms of the updates, uh, Sam mentioned, you know, different registrars in different counties may be on different schedules. And in the 49th district, it's pretty interesting because when the San Diego County registrar comes out, well, San Diego, the San Diego County portion of the 49th district has been very strong for Mike Levin, uh, the Democratic incumbent. Uh, the Orange County portion has been very strong in favor of the, his Republican opponent, Brian Marriott. So you can see the for people that aren't that cautious or uninitiated getting real excited one way or another if the Orange County results come out first or the San Diego County results come first. That dynamic is mirrored in the 38th State Assembly District with Catherine Blakespear and Matt Gunderson. Uh, she's done very well in the San Diego County portion. He's been doing well in the Orange County portion. You know, again, I, I think people and folks that that know a little bit about that, and you don't have to be an aficionado, aficionado, understand that, but I can see where... You know, the sudden bulletin comes out that, the, according to the San Diego County Registrar, Levin takes a big lead, might confuse people. Yeah, and that Senate district is interesting too because it, it its overlap with the 49th is so um, is so significant uh, that um, you know, the, like keeping an eye on the on the margins there um, is something we're we're gonna be doing. All right. Well, clearly, a lot of work left to be done, a lot of analysis uh, left, and. I want to thank you both again for being here and for all of your important and insightful work this week. And with that, I'll turn it back to you, Luis. Thank you very much, Laura, Sam, and Michael. We want to remind everyone you can stay on top of the latest election news and results on our website, SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. That does it for this special edition of San Diego News Fix. Don't forget to listen to San Diego News Fix with Christy Totten for an in-depth look at local stories making headlines throughout the week. You can find San Diego News Fix wherever you get your podcasts. For everyone at the San Diego Union Tribune, thank you very much for listening and for supporting local journalism. Have a great day, everybody.